Hello, hello, hello. What is up, everybody? It is a wonderful hump day. It is August 24th, lovely afternoon. Recording this at about 4 p.m. Eastern Pennsylvania, kind of hot today. Hope everybody's staying cool. Getting ready for the football season. I'm super anxious, super excited for football season to start. Another divisional recap. Gonna coming out today. We're gonna do the NFC West along with a special fantasy sleeper segment that we will do after the recap. Also, probably gonna have the other, the last division left, which is my NFC North division, will be done by the end of this week. So all of our divisional recaps will be done by the end of the week. Next week is the last week before the beginning of the season. There's a week and a half off because the first game is on a Thursday. So we have a full Sunday to Sunday week and then until Thursday opening night with the Cowboys-Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, which I definitely 100% will be watching, even though I work very early in the morning. Still going to watch it. So we're going to do two segments next week after the recaps are done. I'm going to do an injury segment, kind of get everybody up to date on some of the injuries for all the for all the 32 teams in the NFL right now going into week one and then the last segment's going to be basically a preseason recap and news segment leading everybody into the first week of NFL football 2021 so super stoked about that for all you guys listening out there on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, thank you so much. If you guys are return listeners, thank you. I really appreciate it. And all the new listeners out there, I thank you as well because that's the reason why I love doing podcasts and why I love talking to everybody. So if you guys could leave a review on Apple Podcasts, thank you so much. I appreciate it. All feedback there. Still working on the Instagram page. That will be out hopefully by the beginning of the football season, but I'll keep you guys updated on that. So let's just let's just hop right in. Let's hop right into the divisional recap. So we're going to do the NFC West today. So the first team I want to talk about is going to be the Los Angeles Rams. So obviously all the big news on the Rams. They picked up Matt Stafford. They traded for him in the offseason. He's been doing pretty well. Had a little bit of a scare when he banged his hand off of a defensive lineman in practice. Coaches probably went nuts since you need to stay away from the quarterback in every single practice, which is the reason why they wear red jerseys in practice. But uh, an overzealous defensive lineman got too close to him with his helmet, and he hit his thumb off of it. He's good to go. No major problems. But Matt Stafford's going to be a huge upgrade for this offense. Jared Goff could not, can't, just can't get it done. Like Jared Goff could not get it done, and I have no idea why the Lions would want him, which is where he ended up after they made the trade for Matt Stafford. I just don't get it. He's he's not very mobile. He's a very specific, needs a very specific playbook to be successful, especially in the NFL. So the Lions are going to be bad enough, and we'll talk about the NFC North in the next segment. Or sorry, in the uh, in the next episode. But the the wide receiver room for the Rams is ex- I think it's a bit underrated. They have a little bit of everything in terms of attributes you want for your wide receivers. So Robert Woods, relatively good route runner and can also be good on the gadget plays. The end of rounds, he can block. He's a very all-around good player, but the gadget plays is what he's known for, especially with him being pretty much average and everything else. You got Cooper Cup, who runs amazing routes. Not the fastest guy, but runs amazing routes, and his hands are amazing. 
You got Deshaun Jackson, who apparently looks great in camp now. Everybody says that people look the best they've ever did in camp. Deshaun Jackson's old, and he's probably the most injury-prone wide receiver from when I was a kid growing up. He, I don't think he's ever played a full season, all 16 games, which were 16, which is now 17-game season, but I don't think he's ever played a full season. I can't confirm that, but I don't. I, I can't remember. And if, it, if he has, it hasn't been that much. And they got Tutu Atwell in the draft. So Tutu Atwell is a speedster. Smaller guy is going to play the slot. So if they want to take Robert Woods away from the, the gadget plays and put Tutu in there, he, he's a great player. He, he had a great college career despite the fact that he's relatively small. And he, his route running when he, in college when he was a freshman and a sophomore was not very good. So, I mean, we'll see. They have solid tight end qualities as well. Not big names, but solid tight ends as well. And, and Matt Stafford's going to put them over the top. Their defense is what they're known for. So they got Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, and Leonard Floyd. That's basically all three levels of the defense. Leonard Floyd's going to be your like linebacker defensive end. Aaron Donald, of course, in the middle. And then Jalen Ramsey, the best shutdown corner in the league right now. They're going to lead the defense. Their linebackers are, are weak in terms of depth. And they're also weak at safety. So they did lose Troy Hill. And John Johnson in free agency to the Browns. So they're both on the Browns right now. So their their safety depth is pretty weak. They're not terrible players. They're just a little bit weak. And and if they're a little weak, obviously the depth isn't that good. If their starters are weak, so obviously the depth's not going to be strong enough either. In terms of skill, not in terms of bodies, if you know guys, if you guys know what I mean. So We'll see what happens. Their defense looks good. They're not I think they, they, they're good in terms of the star players versus the average ones. They can they can mesh well together. So I don't see it being a huge issue for them. Where they will have a huge issue is at running back. So Cam Akers towards ACL or his Achilles. I can't remember exactly. Um, but he's out for the season, and that's their starting running back for the season. They lost Malcolm Brown. Last year, he had a lot of carries. They lost him to the Miami Dolphins. So, Daryl Henderson's going to take most of the carries. Daryl Henderson's a good player. And I think that he's going to be... He's going to be an okay person to be a three-down back and take most of the time, take most of the, the plays. However, behind him is all rookies with no experience. They have no experience in the NFL. You can't go by preseason in practices like... Preseason games are not like the pre a preseason game in 2021 is similar to a practice during the week in terms of basically training camp. Training camp is equal to a preseason game. They do seven on seven these joint practices where these teams are getting together for a preseason game and they practice all week, uh, like in a seven on seven scenario, is more competitive than the preseason game itself. And that's, that's just blatantly obvious via social media. People care more about what these teams are doing in these joint practices than they do about the preseason game results. So you can't take that into consideration. Like, yes, Jake Funk, who is one of their backup running backs, it looks great in camp. That's fine. But let me see Jake Funk in a regular season game and see what happens. Like, I'm not I'm not taking word on a beat writers from Los Angeles on that Jake Funk is the real deal in a preseason game. 
Like I'm not I'm not buying that. So their running back room needs to perform, and these people, these running backs with no experience, need to be able to step up if Daryl Henderson can't carry the load. But I think they'll be all right with Matt Stafford's leadership and their defensive presence. So I've got the Los Angeles Rams 2021 record being 12 and five, 12 and five, and they win the division. All right, moving on. Seattle Seahawks. So Russell Wilson has had drama since the beginning of the pre, beginning of the off season. Even before the Aaron Rodgers drama was the Russell Wilson drama. Just to recap, he released teams that he would want to be traded to to the media, which is always not good when your star quarterback is willing to go to the media and tell them teams he would play for. And only to add to that where they sat down and basically only after he said that he was unhappy with the way they were not protecting him, they went out and got one right guard. One right guard. And then all of a sudden, everything was fine. They, him and Pete Carroll sat down, and then everything was fine. Well, to add to that, they paid Adams the safety. They paid him and extended him before Dwayne Brown, his star left tackle. How do you think he felt after that? Probably not that good. And that's Russell Wilson. That's your that's your your quarterback, your star player. Your team is centered around this player. Your team is absolutely 100% centered around this player and you're still making decisions. Like Jamal Adams is is a great player. He's not a good cover safety. I'm sorry. People say Jamal Adams is a good safety. He can blitz and run block and run stop. He's not a good cover safety. Watch him in coverage on tape. Look up Jamal Adams covering a wide receiver, a tight end, or a running back in the open field. You're not going to be impressed. I don't think he's that good. He's not Harrison Smith. He's not what used to be Eric Berry. He's not Ed Reed. He's not Troy Palomalu. He's not that good of a safety. He should be considered a linebacker, honestly. A small one at that, but that's basically what he does. He runs, stops, and blitzes. That's all he does. And they're going to pay him first. Now, the offensive weapons that Russell Wilson has are very solid. And by very solid, I mean amazing. So they have three guys that are considered veterans with Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and Freddie Swain. Freddie Swain, unknown name from Florida, but he's been really good in that system since he was drafted by them. So they're going to be good for to complement the rookies they drafted in the draft, Kay Johnson and Dwayne Eskridge, both guys coming from small schools, but both guys having amazing speed, amazing hands, and they're good route runners from, a, from smaller schools. So they're going to be great in for depth at the wide receiver position. So he Russell Wilson should be happy with the, the picks that they did do in this in the 2020 in the 2021 draft. So they'll be good. Now, I do have an issue once again, similar to the Los Angeles Rams. I have an issue with the running backs. They're they're okay, but they're all injury prone. You got DJ Dallas, who was hurt as in college, and he wasn't very he wasn't active or put in the game last season basically at all. 
You got Rashad Penny, who's completely underperformed since he was drafted. You got Chris Carson, who gets banged up all the time. So they're they're going to be hurting at the running back position for sure. They're going to be hurting. And the depth is there, but it's all injury prone. So they if they all stay healthy, they'll be fine. Don't get me wrong. Seattle will be fine if they all stay healthy. Now, I, I don't think that's going to happen because it hasn't yet. I've been watching them. It hasn't happened yet. Now, their defense with Carlos Dunlap, Bobby Wagner, and Jamal Adams, they're all going to be solid. Like, their defense is completely, I think it's better than people think it is. Last year, they had a slow start. Well, they can't have that same slow start this year. That's basically it. Russ was cooking. Their defense was giving up 35 a game. They came out slow. They just can't come out slow this year. Don't come out slow, and Seattle will be fine. Now, I think that the animosity built up throughout the offseason and the injuries that are that are more than likely happening for this team at the running back position, which is very important for Russell Wilson's success, is going to hold them back a bit. So I've got the Seattle Seahawks 2021 record at 10-7. and seven. That's 10-7. and seven. No injuries at the running back spot. They win two more games, and they'll be 12-5. and five. All right, next, the San Francisco 49ers. So let's start and watch the Trey Lance show. So Trey Lance looks good in the offseason and good in the preseason. Granted, take that with a grain of salt. I'm going to say that 4,000 times now that it's happening everywhere on social media. Look at this guy make this play in camp. Look at this guy make this play in practice. It doesn't matter. What do they do on the field? And better yet, what do they do on the field in the regular season? I could give two shits what somebody does in camp. I got guys that have been cut from the Vikings at wide receiver that make one-handed catches in practice. They're cut already. It, it means nothing. I understand it's all about the reps, and I like watching that these players are making reps, but you can't make a decision on how, how you feel about a player based on a play he makes in practice. And especially the low amount of plays that they're making in practice. But I digress. So Jimmy G is probably going to start. Trey Lance is going to come in as soon as Kyle Shanahan can literally get him in the game. Now, he looked okay in the few the two games that he came in in the preseason. He looked okay. Some of the throws were weird. They just looked weird like he wasn't on the same page with the wide receivers, didn't know the play. Jimmy G also came in and and also didn't look fantastic either. So Jimmy's probably on the hot seat right now. He needs to perform to keep this job, and he Kyle Shanahan does not want to start a rookie right now because he cannot go back to Jimmy G if Trey Lance doesn't work out. Jimmy is a solid quarterback that is not going to throw four interceptions in a single game. Trey Lance has that ability depending on what happens and how he matures throughout the season giving the fact that he may become a starting quarterback. He has the ability to have the low floor. As whereas Jimmy has a higher floor and a lower ceiling, but is way more injury prone than Trey Lance. Now, their offensive weapons are probably the best in the division so far in terms of running backs and wide receivers. That's not even including George Kittle. They're all-star, all-pro tight end. So you've got, for running backs, you've got Raheem Mostert, Trey Sermon, 
Jeff Wilson Jr. and Wayne Gallman, those are all four running all four running backs could start on one on the Texans this year or the worst football team you can think of. All four of those players could be starting running backs. Now, I don't think they're going to keep all four of them, which is weird because I don't even know which one I would cut. Probably Wayne Gallman if I had to if I had to pick right now. But the weirdest part about it is they have older players at wide receiver that are lower on the depth chart. Sorry, I guess higher on the depth chart. And their younger guys are actually lower on the depth chart, one and two. So they got uh, Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk that are probably both going to start. They got Muhammad Sanu and Travis Benjamin, which are both veterans that are going to play either three, four, or four, five. And they also have Richie James, Jalen Hurd, and Trent Sherfield, who all three are extremely injury prone, but all three are extremely talented, which seems to get you in trouble in the NFL. If you're extremely talented, but you're injury prone, you don't last long on a single team for that long, unless you're a, a breakout star. I mentioned Deshaun Jackson earlier for the, for the Rams. He played on the Eagles for a while, but he was hurt every year. He went to Washington and got hurt. I believe he played for I think he played for the Bucks as well for a year or two and then he was hurt the whole time there too. So, we'll see what we'll see what happens, but they're deep at running back and deep at wide receiver, which is basically the point. Their offensive weapons are amazing and they're young, which is even better. Their defensive strengths are everywhere but the secondary. So their secondary has no depth. And the good players they do have are relatively older. I wouldn't say they're old, but they're older. The depth isn't good. Emmanuel Mosley's been hurt. A lot of their defensive starters this this offseason, training camp, and through the preseason have been hurt or dinged up. A lot of the starters. And if you don't have depth, injuries are going to destroy your football team. They will destroy it. I've seen it multiple times. Since I've been alive and a a willing Vikings fan, I've seen a lot of great defenses we've had where the replacement for the guy that's an all-pro is terrible. And it's not fun to watch. Basically all of 2020 for me as a Vikings fan. But the defense isn't going to be the biggest problem. I think the offense is going to struggle and injuries are still going to remain a problem for the 49ers, which is a shame considering all the weapons they have. So I have the 2021 record for the San Francisco 49ers at 8-9. and nine. Now, if Trey Lance starts week one, I think they're going to be worse. And I think if they start Jimmy, they'll be better. So that could go up or down by one win, depending. All right, and finally, in the in the basement, or semi-basement, you could say, the Arizona Cardinals. How high is everybody actually on Kyler Murray? So, like, Kyler Murray, this would be his third season. I don't think he started his first season week one, or maybe he did. Not sure exactly. However, have we seen enough from Kyler Murray to prove that he's an amazing player? He got credit for a Hale Murray, which is granted as the Hale Murray, which was all DeAndre Hopkins going up and catching a ball over three guys. 
But has he actually done enough? He got hurt last season. I know he was dealing with it. The second half of his season really wasn't that good. He had all those rushing yards in the first half. He was throwing great balls to his wide receivers. They were making great plays. Now, they have DeAndre Hopkins. They have Christian Kirk. They They drafted Rondell Moore from Purdue, a speedster in the slot. They had Chase Edmonds still, who's going to be your, basically your Jarek McKinnon, your third down, I can catch a screen, not your three down running back between the tackles. But Chase Edmonds is a, is definitely a weapon for sure, can run routes, he's got good hands, and he can take pitches outside and make big plays. Especially, and even, even gadget plays, honestly. And you got Max Williams at tight end, who's really underrated, and I love that dude coming out of college. Max Williams is a great player who's going to make a lot of. He's not going to make the. He's going to make a decent amount of catches, but he's not going to be a a hundred target tight end making sixty catches. He'll probably catch fifty, maybe high end, low end, probably forty, somewhere in between forty and fifty. But what nobody is talking about. And it's very interesting. I watch a lot of podcasts. The NFL content is basically what I live for. It's awesome. Nobody is talking about the offensive line for the Cardinals. And I just want to know why they aren't. So let me go through four out of the five starters. So we've got Kelvin Beecham, huge human being, above average. We got DJ Humphreys, once again, huge human being. Above average. They got Rodney Hudson from the Raiders, who is extremely underrated for him, for his position. And they got Justin Pugh, who's been a solid starter since he came into the league. Now, nobody's talking about this line, but I think it's probably the best offensive line or if and or tied with the 49ers for the best offensive line in this division. Now... They're going to give him a solid... They're going to give Kyler enough time to make decisions. But I just don't think that he always makes the right decisions. And I don't trust his thought process on some of the throws. I watched a few, more than a few, Arizona Cardinal games last season. Some of the decisions he makes are very skeptical. I think he got away with a lot of balls that should have been picked off that were not which is always not a good thing to say about a quarterback from the previous season. However, I watched it. That's how I feel. Sue me. I, I just, I'm not that impressed with him. Like, his arm's okay. He, he's mobile, which is good. I just don't think he makes the best decisions all the time. And their defense, now, their defense has a bunch of solid players, but the players that aren't solid are not good. Now, they got J.J. Watt in the offseason, Buda Baker at safety. They got Chandler Jones, who's coming back. Isaiah Simmons, who they drafted uh, two years ago. And Malcolm Butler, who they picked up from the Tennessee Titans, who was the standout in the Super Bowl, who made the interception on on Russell Wilson, who's relatively older, but a very good cover corner nonetheless. So outside of those five players, the rest of the players on their defense are not good. The linebackers are relatively weak. Their corners are weak. Besides Malcolm Butler, no depth. Buda Baker is good, but he can't play free free safety and strong safety. Like, what do you... It's just, they're, they're just weak on defense in terms of depth. 
And, and it's sad because their offense is so strong and their defense is very weak in terms of depth. Now, I think Kyler gets some of these games again where he makes a decision that's not that good and he gets the benefit of the doubt with the with the outcome. So I have the 2021 record for the Arizona Cardinals also at 8-9 and nine with the San Francisco 49ers. So let's recap. We've got the Rams at 12 and 5. We've got the Seahawks at 10 and 7. We've got the 49ers at 8 and 9 and the Cardinals at 8 and 9. All right, I told you guys I was going to do a fantasy segment. So it's fantasy sleepers. So we're going to do three players from each position that nobody is looking at right now to provide you with fantasy statistics and great points for your fantasy teams. Now, I tried to include rookies on all of these so that we can get the get the content out there for some of the rookies that are coming out of the draft, which uh, there's a lot of them, and a lot of them are good. So let's just hop right into it. So we'll start with the quarterbacks. So Tua. Tua's going to be great coming off the hip. Now, everybody says, oh, the hip was good. The hip was good last year. He's using it as an excuse. No. You have hip surgery. It's a big deal. So, he was his rookie season. Yes, he was benched for Ryan Fitzpatrick multiple times. It happens. He didn't have an offseason. COVID season destroyed him. He wasn't able to meet in person with people. He got thrown out on the field. He played not that great, but it wasn't terrible. I can name 15 quarterbacks right now that look worse than him. At least 15. Now, they upgraded his weapons. So he's got more weapons now. They got Malcolm Brown, like I mentioned before. They got him from the Rams. And they're going to have him uh, to go along with Miles Gaskin, which is good because Gaskin's a smaller running back. And my, Malcolm Brown is a bigger one who can take more of those between the tackle runs. They got Will Fuller, who injury prone and suspended for the first game. Nonetheless, disregard both of those. Will Fuller is a downhill threat. He's going down the field. He's catching the ball. He's got great hands from Notre Dame. Yes, he's probably going to get injured and miss a few games, but who doesn't in the NFL nowadays? It's hard to come around somebody who doesn't miss any games at all. And they got Jalen Waddle, who he literally played with multiple years at Alabama. If you think him, if you think Jalen Waddle and Tua aren't going to have a connection this season, you're losing your mind. I would love for a quarterback, one of the quarterback's biggest pass catchers from college to be drafted by the same team. The chemistry is already there. All he's got to do is learn the playbook, which is easier than building chemistry with a brand new quarterback or a brand new wide receiver. Now, the rum game and the defense needs to support him, but I believe Tua and their defense and their run game will support him, and he'll be fine. Tua will be good, and he'll be a great pickup for your fantasy team. We talked about him already, but I'm going to bring him back up again because he's definitely a big fantasy threat. Trey Lance, Jimmy G's going to get hurt. He gets hurt every season. The only season he didn't get hurt, they went to the Super Bowl, which is really, really weird for the 49ers. They really don't want Jimmy to get hurt, but they also really want to start Trey Lance, so what are you hoping for? As As the 49ers GM, what are you hoping for? Are you hoping that Jimmy starts the whole season? Because the only time he did in his whole career, they went to the Super Bowl, 
Or you hope he gets hurt so Trey, you have a reason to put Trey Lance in because if you put him in, you can't bring Jimmy back in. And now you're paying him $26 million to be a backup quarterback, which is absolutely bonkers. Bonkers. He's got he's a run threat as well. He's got a Patrick Mahomes arm, and he's a run threat. All he's got to do is work on his accuracy, and and, and he will be absolutely fine in the NFL. Absolutely perfect. And he's going to be... One of those really late or undrafted quarterbacks in fantasy. All right, and my last quarterback, Sam Darnold. So a lot of people disregard the fact that Adam Gase was his head coach, and that's not, and Sam Darnold is just a terrible football player. I am not one of those people. Adam Gase is a terrible coach who has terrible plays and has terrible press conferences. So God only knows how he talks to his own team. I've seen him talk to the media. Sam Darnold is not a terrible player, and he was great at USC, and you saw flashes of it on the Jets, which is almost impossible to do in this decade since the Jets have been horrible since I was 16 years old. But they they got Robbie Anderson. They got DJ Moore. They drafted Terrace Marshall Jr. from LSU, that team who had Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and Terrace Marshall. Terrace Marshall was the third best wide receiver on that team. And he's still going to be an amazing NFL football player. Now, side note, Jamar Chase doesn't look that good. He's dropping passes in in practice. He's dropping passes in preseason games. Like I said, don't overreact to preseason games. Just because he's not getting separation and he's dropping a few passes, he's a human being. Jamar Chase is a good player. Don't drop all your stock on him because he dropped a few passes and NFL Live just happened to get a video of all of his drop passes for one game and now everybody's losing their minds. Don't be influenced that high by the media. Look at look at it. Make your own decision. Jamar's going to be fine. Jamar Chase is going to be fine. He's going to have a season not as good as Justin Jefferson's last season, but he's going to have a decent season. I think Terrace Marshall will too. They got Dan Arnold and Christian McCaffrey, uh, tight end and running back. That's going to help Sam come into his own maybe and get something that he never had, which was a run game as a New York Jet. Le'Veon Bell was a joke when he was there. They had Frank Gore, who's got to be, what, 70 by now? Come on. Sam Darnold's going to have a decent season, and I would consider drafting him for my quarterback as well. All right, let's move on to the running backs. Kenneth Gainwell from the Philadelphia Eagles. So standout Memphis running back. So I saw this guy coming out. I saw his tape right before. I think it was two weeks before the draft. Great dude. He's a very fast, shifty guy. He can play the slot, H-back, any weird gadget play. Like I've mentioned multiple times, end arounds, flea flickers. He can throw a block. He's not that big of a dude, but he can still throw a block. He's going to be a big, big help to Jalen Hurts, who's trying to prove himself as a Philadelphia Eagle this year. He's trying to get paid. Jalen Hurts is trying to get paid. So let's see what happens. But he's he definitely 100% needs to perform for Jalen Hurts, for Jalen Hurts to have any success. Next, moving on. Next running back, Damian Harris. So very underrated, very underrated in terms of star running back potential for the New England Patriots. But the New England Patriots always have solid running backs. They just never give all of their touches to one person. Well, they lost they lost James White and they lost Rex Burkhead as well. So 
they don't have that that running back that's going to take touches away in terms of regularly on a first on a first down series. It's not going to be a James White Rex Burkhead, and who knows? Sony Michelle doesn't look good anymore. They drafted a young guy, and and he he looks okay, but he's not going to take that stuff away from Damian Harris. So Damian Harris is going to get a decent amount of these carries, and he's going to be the number one option. And considering he had five yards per carry last season, he's going to be a pretty good number one option. Cam and Mac Jones, regardless of who they start, which I think is going to be Cam based on what I'm seeing, even though Cam Newton is in in some sort of protocol for COVID right now, which is weird because he either skipped a either skipped a test or went somewhere where he couldn't go. It's really un, it's really unclear what happened so far, and you know how the Patriots are; they really don't release that much information on things like this, but. I think Cam's going to start. Mac Jones isn't ready yet, even though he looks pretty good so far in the few games I've seen them in the preseason. Mac Jones isn't ready yet. I think they're going to let Cam play this, play this out for the first few weeks, and they'll see how he goes. And if if they need to bring in Mac, they will, because Bill Belichick's going to start the best guy. And right now, I believe Cam is the best guy until he proves he's not. All right, last running back on the list, we've got James Conner. If any of you had James Conner in fantasy last season, I'm sorry. I also had him. He was terrible, and so was the Pittsburgh Steelers' run rushing offense. They could not run the ball to save their lives. However, he goes over to Arizona, where all they have is Chase Edmonds, who is a third-down pass-catching back, not a run-between-the-tackles back who they used as Kenyon Drake last season, James Conner's going to fill that role. But with Chase Edmonds taking some of these thro- uh, some of these passes and some of these plays off of him, he's going to be a lot more refreshed, and he's going to be fresher later into the season. James Conner's going to have a good season. He's going to be the first, second, sometimes third down back, and... He's going to get more carries than people think, even with Chase Edmonds there. So I just I see him having a good season, even though I shouldn't, based on the fact that he basically screwed me in my fantasy league, one of my fantasy leagues last year. So James Conner's going to have a hell of a year. He's, he just is. I, I believe in him. I think he's going to do it. And I do not see a reason why he won't have a good year based on the fact that I already talked about the Arizona Cardinals offensive line is extremely underrated. And Kyler's going to need some rushing attack to be solid this season. All right, let's move on to my wide receivers, my wide receiver fantasy sleepers. Brian Edwards. So Brian Edwards is a wide receiver for the Las Vegas Raiders. I will not, I will not even tell you that I remember when he was drafted. He has been somewhat irrelevant since he's been drafted by the Raiders. It's actually kind of amazing about how little he's done since he's been there. He's been hurt. He's been outperformed by Nelson Aguilar. Brian Edwards is looking good this season, and I saw on NFL Live... Uh, they posted a video to my Facebook page that somebody at the practice said that he looked like half Randy Moss, half Terrell Owens. There's no way that's true, and that's super hyped up. So I would love to see a half Randy Moss, half Terrell Owens. That would be amazing for football. However, that is not him. 
But there's no doubt in my mind he can be better than Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs was terrible last year. Drop passes, wrong routes. It was He was terrible. He had one good catch all year, and that was against the Chiefs, whose secondary was weak when they played him. So let's keep an eye on that. He's got to be the number one threat. It, Henry Ruggs can't be the number one threat unless for some reason he takes that over, but he needs to work as if he's the number one threat. All right, let's move on. Rondale Moore. I talked about Rondale Moore a little bit a little bit ago on the Arizona Cardinals, drafted out of Purdue. Going to be a good, solid, solid threat in the slot. With the injury proneness and washed upness, that is Christian Kirk and A.J. Green. So Christian Kirk is fast, and he runs decent routes, but he's always hurt. It's always a soft tissue injury, whether it be a hamstring, an ankle, a thigh, a back, whatever. And A.J. Green is just washed up. He's too old. He's not doing anything. He couldn't do anything with the Bengals last year and with Joe Burrow throwing. Joe Burrow's a decent quarterback, so don't tell me Joe Burrow sucks and that's why A.J. Green sucked. That's not why. Joe Burrow just or I mean, uh, AJ Green is just—he's just washed up. He's old. He can't—he can't handle it, and he can't go a season without getting hurt either. So, both of those guys, Rondell Moore is going to replace both of them in terms of statistics this season. I believe that a hundred percent of my heart believes that, and my head, to be honest. So, and Kyler will use him as a weapon, and will need to based on the fact that DeAndre Hopkins needs a, a Robin to his Batman, and I believe that that is Rondell Moore. I watched him at Purdue. He's fast. He runs good routes. He's what you want in a wide receiver to complement DeAndre Hopkins. Because DeAndre Hopkins is not the fastest guy. Good route runner, great hands. Rondell Moore needs to be the opposite, but as good as him. And I believe that that could be somewhat achievable. And this is going to get a lot of this is going to get a lot of flack probably, but I hope you guys don't don't hate me that much on it. So Emmanuel Sanders. So Emmanuel Sanders goes to Buffalo. From New Orleans, Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen were an inseparable tandem last season. It's not going to be the same this season. They have Gabriel Davis. They have Cole Beasley. But they need another veteran presence, just like Diggs, to also run similar routes that Diggs can run. And I believe Emmanuel Sanders can do that. Now, at the same clip, I don't know. Diggs is banged up right now. Not sure exactly what the injury is, but he he was held out of a preseason game and a week of practice for it. Seems like they're taking it slow, but like most teams are, they're mostly taking it slow anyway. He's going to be good, and the team doesn't have any running backs that are decent, nor do they really run the ball that much. But we don't know that. We don't know if they would run the ball more if their running backs were better. But Zach Moss didn't perform, and Devin Singletary is trying to run between the tackles when he shouldn't be. He's a speedster who needs to run on the outside, yet they run him, they dive him up the middle constantly, and he gets stuffed. Now, their offensive line's not bad, but Devin Singletary does not have success running between the tackles. He didn't do it in college. He doesn't do it in the pros. Now, Zach Moss should have been better, and he should be the the person running between the tackles, but he didn't have a good season either, and he was hurt. So let's see what happens. I got my eye on Emmanuel Sanders. I think he's a solid sleeper. I don't think anybody's going to think about it. I think Diggs is they got to take some of the the volume off of Diggs and put it on Gabriel Davis, 
put 25% of it on Gabriel Davis and put 75% or the bulk of it on Emmanuel Sanders. All right, and then we're going to do two tight ends. So I've got two tight ends for you guys for sleepers. So Adam Troutman, if you don't know who Adam Troutman is, wonderful. Great hands, great route runner, great human. Saw an interview for him the other day on a podcast, or sorry, on a uh, NFL Network show I was watching. And uh, Adam Troutman's a great dude. They lost Jared Cook, who was their main target for Drew Brees last season for the New Orleans Saints. Adam Troutman's a great, he's got great hands, not as fast and also not as big as Jared Cook. However, he's younger. He has big playability. Uh, he can also be that intermediate, I need to drop it across and get eight yards guy. He, he could take high volume. So I think he's going to be good. And he's the only solid tight end that they have really. They don't really have any other tight end options. And you need a, at least one solid tight end option in your offense so that you can test the safeties on D, on the on the defense you're playing, and see what they do on defense depending on how they cover tight ends in a route running scheme. You need to see how it is because if they can't do it, you need to take advantage of it. And Troutman can be that guy. I did mention this guy, and this is the last person on my fantasy sleepers list, also a tight end. Mention this person for the Carolina Panthers, Dan Arnold. Dan Arnold is very, is one of the most underrated tight ends in the league right now. Played for Arizona last year, caught, I think it was 40 passes for like over 400 yards and four TDs. They didn't use the tight end that often, and he still caught 40 balls and four touchdowns. He's 6'6". Huge target, great hands. This guy is, and and tight ends are are a plenty considering there's only three that people think about in terms of fantasy and taking them early, which is your Travis Kelsey, your George Kittle, and and possibly T.J. Hawkinson. Darren throw Darren Waller in there too, but that's four tight ends out of all of the tight ends you would think about absolutely drafting for points on your fantasy team. So keep those players in mind when drafting. I know there's another week left. Any of these players could get hurt. There's been a bunch of injuries, especially through camp and through the preseason. Offseason was relatively quiet, but um, we'll see what happens going in. So all you guys and all your favorite teams, we're coming into the last week of preseason games. And then we're going to have a week and a half off. Next, like I said at the beginning of the episode, we are going to have one more episode. It's going to be the NFC North, and I'm going to have a special segment on that as well. Possibly get into some betting odds, some over and unders. And then next week, we're going to do two more podcasts before week one season. Been thinking a lot about some segments to come out with you guys. I'm going to try and do three or four podcasts a week. Once the season starts, we'll go over a lot of updates for fantasy. We'll do some bet nods. We'll do some injuries. We'll do some news and notes. We'll do some recaps for the games. Try and get some stuff going. Um, if I waiting to hear back on Pandora, if any of you guys are Pandora listeners for your podcast, waiting to hear from them whether we can get the podcast live on there. But as of right now, I appreciate everyone on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you are listening on that forum. If not, I will let you guys know when the Instagram page is done so you guys can leave some feedback in my DMs. 
Also, still want to do the mailbag. So, want you guys to keep this into consideration. For all you guys that leave a review on Apple Podcasts, please leave a question to talk about. Uh, for the mailbag on the next episode, I will read you guys' questions and give the my quality hot take answers. And uh, hopefully give you some answers to your questions. Also, please tell me what your favorite team is and when you became a fan. If you leave a review so I can see what kind of fans you guys are out there. And uh, where you when you guys started becoming those fans. So really just want to learn about you guys. Give you guys an opportunity to get on the podcast. Um, and thank you so much for all the listeners out there. Whether this be your first episode you're listening. Or whether you listen to every episode that I've come I've come out with. I appreciate it 100%. It's great, always great talking to you guys. Great talking football. And we are almost there. One more week of preseason games. A week off to get ready for week one. And then we will be officially in the 2021 NFL season. So thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. My next episode on the NFC North will be out very soon possibly tomorrow maybe i drop both these at the same time this episode and the next one so keep keep an eye out on iHeartRadio, apple podcasts and spotify once again thank you so much and like i always say have a great day and peace